Welcome to the vault. My name is the goddess. Welcome to the vault. Uh, my name is Ray. The vault. What's up, everyone? I'm Alien. I'm a queer, non-binary person of color. Hey guys, my name is Zaha. Social media. The vault. It is the vault time. Welcome to the vault. <laughs> and we can't wait to unlock the vault with you. Let's go. You. <laughs> it is the vault time. Welcome back um, to the vault QOD. I'm the goddess. My name's Ray. I'm Alien. And I'm so hot. This is the part two for Dating for Dummies by Puck Edition. And we thought we'd do a part two to be able to talk about the cultural sensitivities of dating by Puck person, mm -hmm. um, share some personal stories. And we're still, you know, going through our Instagram and Facebook and reading all your comments um, and sharing some of your stories. So do not think that we're forgetting about those. That will be something we definitely are going to dive into and share and have an even more open discussion. Um, this is kind of just more of a follow-up, a cultural mm -hmm. follow-up um, to make sure that we're reminding you that this is a culturally safe, sensitive and culturally safe place for all of us to talk about our experiences. Absolutely. So I wanted to start in, in a way saying, what are the rules to dating outside of your, your race? And for you personally, what would you like people to know if they were, if they were interested in dating? Somebody <laughs> else pick it up for me because English just eluded me for a second. <laughs> Asian? Yes, no, South Asian person. Yeah, yeah, you're all good. What wow. are some of the rules? What What are some things they should know to be culturally sensitive and to be culturally safe? I'm gonna let Alien take the mic on this one mm -hmm. first because I feel like with both him and I, we have obviously we would have different experiences in what we want, but sort of the same nuances in what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I want to start off by saying. Um, Specifically, um, white gay men. <laughs> Here we go. Your lived experience is never going to be synonymous, synonymous to mine. Don't try to compare. We are not the same. Your liberation stems from, from rebellion. I don't have that privilege. Let's go. Now that I've addressed that, I think there's a problem with overcompensation when people try to understand people outside of their culture. Um, whether that be giving into stereotypes, um, oh, do you like curry or do you like cricket, da 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 da. And yeah. it's just such surface level conversation, you know? It's almost as though you don't see me for anything more than just my culture. And I want you to get to know me, but it's just a bit odd when there's overcompensation involved. I feel very uncomfortable when people try to. I know that it's from good intention, but I feel as though there's a smarter way to go about it. There's um, better ways to ask me about my culture. Tell me more about um, where you're from. Uh, what's it been like, you know, living in Australia and having immigrant parents? Um, stuff like that um, to actually get to know me, not brain dead questions such as do you eat curry three times a day what are you, what are you gonna get out of that response if i if i say yes what now what, are you gonna what, make me yeah, curry like, three times a day like, exactly like if i that. say yes where does the conversation go from there it just gets dead yeah it's dead <laughs> now you give stupid. me something that i can also give back as well like i think that's where i stand on it it's just a matter of that overcompensation that makes me feel uncomfortable for sure yeah. absolutely that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah right mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, definitely dating, especially, um, I was talking about this in the previous episode as well, where there's a difference between dating some, like even with interracial dating, you could be dating someone 
as a person of color and you can be dating someone that's Caucasian as well. And I think with um, white people, I think what I would like for them to know is that culture plays a more significant role than a lot of people get give credit for. It's not as easy as, oh, if you just like someone to date them, if you don't, then don't. Mm. Because though dating culture, dating culture is slowly intermingling in the Western manner these days. Like if, like for example, it's normal for you know with European cultures to date a number of people. You know, if you want to have casual sex before they settle for a committed relationship. Whereas in like you know in Pakistan, in Middle Eastern countries or adjacent, dating is basically non-existent, and marriage is pretty much the only way that they see mm. as true fit and mm. deem. Like in countries, no, that's it. No, that's all that. That as well. Like even in countries, like you know, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but like, like from Pakistan, it's a mixed scenario with part of the modern educated youth vouching for more of like the westernized sort of idea where you date, you go out, you do all this stuff. Whereas a lot of people are still very traditionally accustomed to sticking with what they know and despising the idea of staying together without marriage and if culturally different people decide to date it's important that they share their beliefs and expectations before they go on like you know go on more of a long-term basis Mm. and I feel like when people I feel like a lot of people of color resonate with this you almost cater to the other party because you don't want to inconvenience them when it's yeah, and that, I think mm. the reciprocation is always lacking in that area. Mm. I think one like isolated thing I would say is that um, a lot of like this is one thing I, I noticed growing up, right? Mm. Is if you had a partner, at a certain point you brought them home or introduced them to your parents. Yeah. Right. You just see the faces at this, this table around and be like, huh? <laughs> what about all that? Say what? Mm. To us, it's like a. If I if I bring you home and introduce you to my mother, we better be getting married. Yeah, we're getting yeah, married. Like that's there's yeah. There's no question. And and ours. people like for, for and I say this to people like to be culturally sensitive is to understand that I as a black African woman, I'm not going to create a culture shock for my mom to make you comfortable as my 17, 18 year old boyfriend so that we can, so that you feel like you're a part of my life. Like when mm-hmm. you date young, you're almost like, I have to meet up to what the standards of dating are for this culture for me to be normal and to integrate myself. But if you if you are dating a person of color, a black person, indigenous, a BIPOC person, um, you have to be aware that some nuances that are normal to us might go against what you're used to, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be able to change them to accommodate for you. Yeah. So it's not like, well, if you love me, then you should tell your mom that we're together. You should bring me home. It's like, no, if you love me, you would want me to die. Okay? What is wrong? Yeah, you should respect mm-hmm. that, that there is a cherished relationship between me and my mother and me putting you in that too early can actually be detrimental for our relationship. Yeah. And that, that me, you dating me is also my community. It's, it's beyond just my mom. It's the aunties that I don't even know their actual names. I just call aunties that are in my business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's definitely bigger than that. I think if you're dating a BIPOC person, you have to at least have a C grade in that in, in, in cultural competence or understand oh, yeah. or have been around people like that to know the do's and don'ts. And then it's for people that are like, I specifically love black women. It's like, if that is the women, group of women you say you love and want to be with and are your racial preference, which I think is weird, regardless mm. of what it is, mm. if they are your racial preference, it's like, how prepared are you 
for that relationship. You know what I mean? How yeah. prepared are you to be dating a black woman with cultural, with those cultural nuances that will happen in her life? You know what I'm saying? How, how, what do you know about Barnett? How, what do you know about her protective hairstyles? But then even more further, what do you know about her community settings? Mm -hmm. And um, like things that govern her life and move her life. It's like, I need to know that you don't have to know everything about my culture, but you have to have, leave, have a starting point and be willing to learn as we go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just, like the idea mm, like are you willing to put in the work yeah because it mm. requires work exactly it requires for you to understand what goes into the making of being an, a black woman in mm. in australia yeah and that some mm. simple things for you are a struggle simple things that you would never have a conversation with about you with your white partner you're gonna have with me like if i say i'm gonna go get my hair done I'm probably gonna have to look through endless hours to find a salon that does my hair. Mm, Where with yeah. another partner, it's like she could just go to Garden City or the city and get her hair done. Mm -hmm. These are things that are specific to me as a black woman. Right. That yeah. you need to be prepared that they will come up as a conversation. Right. They can't only want parts of you. You gotta yeah, want. Dead, so my you can't pick and choose like what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Soha? Like when it comes to like you know people being culturally sensitive to you as a black woman, like wanting to date. And I, can I say, even for black men. There are certain nuances they don't know about us. Some Western, like, um, right. like if you, a lot of African people, like young African people who were born here and have only really been raised in this society, <laughs> they've kind of left some of the cultural mannerisms behind. Mm. And to those who do are still adhere to them, it still also, it almost feels like another cultural exchange. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. some people might not be as traditional anymore. Yes. And then depending where you sit with your cultural practice, it might be a different experience for you. Yeah. So... Um, I feel like one is when people try and relate their experiences to mine, mm. like like a white person, for example. Like if you're my partner, like you don't have to try and act like you can relate to me, like right. to certain things, because like I know that you don't. And if you're just saying that to make me feel better, it's like, like right. why are you doing it just that? Makes things worse. Yeah, like it, it just makes things worse. Like just know your position. Don't try and like relate your experiences to mine because they're both very different. And like it's okay that we have different experiences like you know it is what it is you didn't ask you know for those experiences and i didn't ask for mine but like i don't know i hate that mm. that fake relatability yeah, yeah. exactly it's like you don't like people will say like you'll tell them about something and they'll be like yeah i know he feels no babes mm. no you don't yeah like and i say the rule is like i would rather you ask than assume that you know mm -hmm. yeah fact. because that's much worse to me like just ask one thing that I don't like as well in terms of just dating outside of your race as well as when you say you're with someone mm -hmm. and then your partner is like oh I love you and this and that yeah. and then you come to find out their family is incredibly racist mm. and then not only that but then on top of that you they, they keep elaborating on it not even elaborating just keep emphasizing on the fact that oh I love you but my you know my mother's like this or my mother's racist or my granny's racist I'm like yeah but if who's about to mm. yeah. who's about to who is about to break Meemaw's ankles? Yeah. You or me? Meemaw is catching these hands. Oh, Trust. wedding, baby mm -hmm. showers. Mm -hmm. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to... And like, I think basically what my point of that is, what am I going to do with information that I can't change? Because I'm not... Your grandmother has been like this for 70 odd years at more more. So what exactly can I do in my power to change that? Nothing. Do you want... Is this about me or is this about you? Are you trying to make yourself feel better by being with someone at like, you know, as a person of color? Is this an act of rebellion for you? 
and can I just can I just say this completely on a different note? Dear, like BIPOC, or specifically for me, the African Black community, not everybody who is dating outside of their race is doing it as a sign of abandonment mm. or lack of love for the Black culture, right? Or or is doing it to seek approval. And if there are people that are trying to do those things, I think it is it is internalized self hate, and it's almost like you either are celebrating black men who are dating white women mm. or you are bashing black women who are dating white men mm. you're doing and both of them are equally as problematic equally as dangerous and it's like you want me to date black like people wanting you to adhere to dating within your group but sometimes geographically that's not possible and i sympathize with certain people that don't have that option and privilege and in my personal experience young sudanese men who have become accustomed to the western society and are dating the same western ways are actually not dating other women of other African women or women within a race, like um, cultural ethnic group. They're dating either white women or different African countries to their own. Mm. And then once they're ready to have a, a family, they go back to those cultural groups or either go back to Africa and get a wife or ask their mom to find a wife for them. So it's like when you're asking me why my dating options do not look like just strictly Sudanese men, remember, they're not dating us. They're not courting us. They're playing around with everybody else to come back to dating us later. And that's the same. It's the same shtick basically basically with Desi men. Um, In case anyone's not aware, Desi sort of refers to like Pakistan, India, um, potentially Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, that sort of area as well. Desi men also do this thing, and it's very common, where especially the ones that are very new to Australia, it's a big culture change. You know, you go from not being able to talk to the opposite sex freely to being able to just do what you want without anyone judging you or looking at you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's quite overwhelming to your system. So a lot of these Desi guys will go around, do what they want, play around, yada, yada, drink, smoke fornicate mm. whatever do you like I, I, like that's not the issue here but the issue is like you want to basically at the end of the day you will ask mum back home um to find you a wife that's untouched cooks cleans does everything that you're not doing it's like what other than degrade dick my guy what do you have to offer not a damn thing mm. like how do you not want somebody who's already doing with everything that you've done why do you feel privileged and why are we still normalizing that idea that a woman has to be like at, at an almost perfect state for her to be valuable? Yeah. Because a lot of people don't still up until this day, and I say, and I think specifically with white um, men and women as well, they don't understand that date. Even when you're dating inside of your race, it still comes with a lot of misogyny that, I mean, not to say that white women don't deal with, but white feminism and you know poc feminism are still are very unvi- different yeah very very, very different very. and kind of like i don't know about soha like i think um you perf- you you strict i think you date a lot more within that like specifically the sudanese community yeah um what's been your experience and i think i think the fact uh, like i hate to say it like this but being a lighter skinned woman i think your experience is a bit different mm. with dating within that that community um i feel like i haven't really had any bad experiences with dating like you know Sudanese men hmm. mm, except that one time it's <laughs> <laughs> always that one one time that one time um I don't know like I got cheated on with a white girl <gasps> I don't know that made me feel some type of way it's like at least you know at least cheated on with a black girl you know mm. but like if I said it was a white girl I don't know I was like mm, you're weird but mm. 
I don't know. I haven't, like, besides that, I haven't really had any, like, bad experiences. Do you find, okay, this might be more specific because I feel like Sudanese Muslims, specifically Muslim men, mm. very, are very different. I can't be myself around them. Because I feel like even if I they're... I feel like they're a bit more judgmental. If they're doing the same thing at the same party, drinking from the same cup as everybody else, they're still going to be like, mm, yeah, look at how she's doing. Mm. And you're just like, mm. how dare you? Yeah. You're doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm not even doing it because I don't drink. Mm. And then here you are judging other women for the, the life that you live. But the, that's the well, thing. That's I don't thing. like that. Like, why does it come at the cost of women? Why are you doing what you get to do? But when a woman does it, she's, you know, she's slut-shamed. Communities are talking about her. Um, if she gets pregnant, it's always on the woman, not on the man that impregnated her as well. Mm. Oh, no, like, I think I said this before. I feel like within, within the, uh, like, certain BIPOC communities, misogyny is almost a cultural norm yeah yes it's almost like the expectation is that um men are redeemable so they can play around because at the end of the day they're men they can get somebody pregnant because they're men mm. they can you know get incarcerated they're men mm. they can lose job they're men and it's like yeah they can redeem themselves and make it up but if a woman does anything it's like but she's a woman yeah. her reputation is her currency it's her value how do we and it, it just gets weird. And this is my struggle. Like, growing up, I was a bit of a coon. And I'll admit that. Like, I just never saw a great example of... I never saw black men respect black women. Mm-hmm. I just never seen it. So dating them was almost like me choosing to disrespect myself because the way I saw you treat other women of other races with such respect and chivalry and protection, I didn't see that for black women from you. Yeah. And mm. it made my, it gave me a distaste. So when I was da- I was younger, I was dating other people of color, but I wasn't specifically, da- I wouldn't say I was dating black men, but I was not dating Sudanese black men. Right. And it was like, also the fear of like dating one and then them going back into my community and saying stuff about me. And then how quickly that can reach people like my family. So it was like, mm. it was easier for me to take a draw back from them. Right. You know, but um. When you think about dating, you're like oh, dating a white guy. And I honestly think it was sometimes harder for me to date black Sudanese men than it was for me to date mm. white guys. Because wow. of how, like, because of the cultural pressures and the, the, the society that we were in. Like, yeah, dating white men, you have to work out whether they're fetishizing you, whether they actually genuinely love you. And, you know, and you get the occasional guy who likes a black woman, but only because he feels like she's a past to black culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I've got a black girlfriend so I can say the N-word. <laughs> you know, Please. I can go to the cookouts, you know, and chill with all the black people and rap. It's just like stupid stuff like that. Mm. Like, dude, like... You can go. People are going to look at you a little funny if you don't act right, but... We don't... It's not that deep. Like, black women are not... Black women are not passes to spaces. No. Like, you got to stop utilizing black people as that as such. But um, mm. I think dating will always be complicated for me as a black woman. It will always be complicated. And then marriage will even be a bigger conversation. Oh. <laughs> like, and then having kids in this generation will be a different conversation. But it's like, you know, I think about it now, like the, the very small population of Sudanese Muslim men, you're judgmental as hell. Mm-hmm. Stay far away from y'all. <laughs> mm. The other Sudanese men, like, you know, South Sudanese men, beautiful, beautiful people. But like, again, so close to my culture. Yeah. Your mama knows my mama. You know, y'all mm. hang out every week. Like, it's just like, mm. yeah, it's dangerous territory at this point. Mm. 
I think one, another thing I sort of wanted to touch on as well, that when people, and I feel like this can be almost ex, um, inclusive, not only just to culture, but it sort of expands to religion as well. A lot of people marry, like a lot of people, when you get to that stage, you get married to one another. And then when you decide to have kids, you don't know exactly how you're going to raise them. Yeah, fair. And my thing is, it's like, these are discussions that should be had before as well. And also like, no, just like cultural insertion is critical like mm-hmm. like i think religion is going to be a topic that we have to explore but like when i think about it okay let's say i hypothetically mm. I, de- I marry a turkish man right right and then we have two languages to insert which becomes the prime language for the kid mm. right how are we teaching them cultural normal normalities um are we dressing, are we, are we teaching them and exploring them to both worlds? Or does one take dominance over the other? But you know what you find that I find really interesting? That mm. kid always actually abandons both. Exactly. Like, it's always like people that are mixed with two different ethnic groups. They know neither language. Like, and they I, speak just yeah, strictly just English. English. Yeah, because I think, as you said, these conversations aren't had before. Um, people don't know how to navigate around these things it's just a rush of okay marriage let's have kids okay what now mm-hmm. like let's have a let's have a discussion about the cultural nuances how are we going to navigate around that you know like but but it's hard because your parents don't because we're not allowed to bring our partners into those spaces how do we prepare for that if you mm. only want to see my partners when they're ready to marry me dude yeah like <laughs> what are we gonna do now yeah like, yeah, like you know what i'm saying it, yeah <laughs> and it, it's crazy, like, no, no matter how old you are, like, so has 17, and, like, we have, like, mid-20s at this table, mm. we're still dealing with the same caliber of issues when it comes to our parents mm. when, and dating. Oh, yeah. Like, any of you guys have, the, like, the sex talk with your parents? Oh, I was no. just going to say no. Another thing, no. yeah, no. None of us, and I can clearly what say... What did say about baby? <laughs> <laughs> something like they fall out the sky or something. <laughs> I don't know. Don't I mean... And then, yeah... As ethnic, as ethnic kids, we never had the sex talk. And it makes me wonder, for a country like, you know, for countries like Pakistan and India, so many people have an abundance of children. So it's like, do they just go in mindlessly and just do what they have Basically. to do? Basically. I feel like for a lot of people in the older generation, sex is just another thing you did it as an adult to produce kids. That's mm. it. It's not a source of intimacy or connectiveness or togetherness. I don't like how it's seen as so taboo. Yeah. Oh. I don't like how ethnic cultures put such like a bad label on sex. It's just demonized. And they say if you educate, you're promoting it. If you educate, then you're promoting it. Yeah. If you talk about it, then you're telling your kids to go do it. It's like, Not realistically, no. like, do you just expect on wedding night to be educated if you have no context and you just magically know what happens, you know? Like... Some, some guy told me, it's <laughs> like, so funny. Some magic. Guy, I asked this dude that similar question. He said to me, well, yeah, uh, in some cultures, the night before your wedding, your uncles will tell you about everything. Please. And I just laughed so <laughs> hard. My wedding. You know, I was like, so you're trying to Not tell me. Not a pep talk. I'm like, so you get a talk the day before your wedding. That's kind of traumatizing. I'm kind of scared. Could you imagine like you're going in, doing what you have to do, and then your uncle's faces are just in rotation in your head? Dude, Could listen, you imagine? When I, went to, when I went to Sudan, right? And this was like, I, I told you this guys before. I was talking Ugh. to my cousins, and some of them are like 19 to like, 21 mm-hmm. and we were because like you know i'm studying nursing right and mm. i was talking to them about like uh female hygiene and stuff like this i don't know how this came up i think i think it was cramping or something mm. right 
Um, and I was telling them, and then he asked me, oh, I don't know, I don't know how sensitive I could be here, but like he was asking me about basically the production of a baby, mm. right? And he was like, so how does, how does a woman actually get pregnant? And he asked me this question about like- <laughs> She just does. <laughs> like ejaculation, and I was just like, hold on, okay. You're not a virgin. He's like, of course not, I'm a grown ass man. But you don't know this. Yeah. I'm extremely mm. scared and nervous for the women that you lay with. And I'm the fact that you both are, it's like, it's like, it's like being in the dark and like trying to <laughs> holding a key and trying to look for where the lock is. Mm. That's basically how yeah. a lot of y'all are it's having sexual intercourse. Like this is, <laughs> and it's, that's what you're, and you wonder why people are like, they get married, they're 19, 20, and they're having five, six kids. Now they can't look after them because they're just, they actually don't know how to <laughs> regulate themselves. Yeah. They really don't know anything. And I'm like, when is this going to be detrimental enough in our community we'll be like, okay, we should have a sex talk. Mm. Like, forget the sex talk. Like, just female hygiene processes and, like, um, not, talking about your period. And not demonizing contraceptives. Um, mm -hmm. Some of your kids would not have been where they are in life if, they t if you taught them about the bar or about these sex clinics. Mm. You would not be a mom of your kids' kids yep. if you had taken them to a sex clinic. You know what I mean? But you're like, oh, I don't want to promote that. I don't want to. I don't want my kids thinking having sex. Like, like they it's grow like up. they're gonna have sex. It's gonna. Happen. It's gonna happen. Would you rather? You want them to have. You want them to have your grandchildren, but that, you don't want them to the have education on the process that's of the, having said grandchildren. Yep. It's just a bit. I think iffy. it's. I think it's a really interesting because I'm like I remember like even when I when I hit puberty and like you know like I got my period mm. I didn't have any knowledge about it until I got it, mm. and then it was mm. like a figure it out on your own thing. Wow. L literally. Wow. And it was just like I was like, first of all I thought I was dying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's. But it's it. It was just. It's not like an even Australian education system fails to teach you anything that oh. you actually need to know to function as a human being. Useless. So like I was talking to young girls, like, you know, working in schools and I was like, do you guys know like um, about like, you know, just regulating yourself and hormonal imbalances and like all of these just female nuances. And they were like, oh no, we don't. And I was like, but you've had your period since you were like 12. Some of you t 10 at some point. Yeah. See, I think the problem with the curriculum here is the fact that, because like curriculum. even like, <laughs> what curriculum next episode? <laughs> yeah, I think the, one of the biggest issues, especially with sex ed, is that it's coming from more of a biological stance rather than a realistic stance. You, when you're talking to a bunch of year eights and nines about the fallopian tube, they're just gonna giggle and not take anything seriously because they don't even know what that is. They don't understand the concept of it. What they do know is they're horny little critters that just want to get off. <laughs> so how do they, like, you know, teach them how to control that? Or not even control that. Teach them how they go about it. Teach women how to go about it. Teach men how to go about it. Okay, the simplest thing is, like, I had sex ed when I was in grade six. What? Right? When I was young, it was a grade six session, right? I should have been learning about preparing for my period coming. Yeah. Okay. And then you should have come a few years later when I was like 14, 15, and then had a sex education conversation with me. But you guys did it in such a way where it was like, I don't remember a single thing y'all said. That's it. Google taught me more than these people that came to run a workshop. Yeah. And FYI, why do y'all always pick the lamest people to run these important <laughs> workshops? that we don't want to listen to, that are monotone as hell. They sound like they hate, se hate sex themselves. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's a, 
Good morning, everybody. Today we're gonna be like, oh. Well, they try to relate too much. Like, shut up. Oh, like, like please. It's like that when teacher. When I was your age, you're <laughs> seventy-five. <laughs> like, be quiet. Like, it's like that teacher. <laughs> that you guys watch Mean Girls, right? Like that coach. <laughs> that coach in Mean Girls. He's like, don't have sex standing up. Don't have sex missionary. <laughs> Just don't do it. Here, take some rubbers. That's basically <laughs> what the curriculum is. Literally, oh, I- dude. It's like I don't know anyone who went through school that could be like, I did sex ed in school and it was beneficial. Not no. a single person. No. Bro, Google, like, Google, just talking to friends, just learning off one another, no, personal experience. And you know how crazy it is? Like, people just share dumbass information with each other. Like, you yeah. think because you think it's a truth. Like, I've heard, like, after I started studying nursing, there's so many things that I thought were correct that when I studied biology, I was like, this is not true. Yeah. <laughs> people were talking about, like, you know, oh, masturbating is going to, like, you know, make you bold. What? Yes, people were people really had me convinced. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, it's gonna cause cancer, and I'm just like, oh, what? Yes, oh, bro, the amount of myths that are just uh, revolved around just like sex and self um, exploration, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's just crazy how they even got around and how people can believe them. But, okay, can know, I? I want to. Okay, because we are coming to an end of this uh, part two. What is the the stupidest thing? that you thought about, like relationships or intimacy, that you laugh at now? What was the silliest thing right, you heard? I, share yours. I wanna know. I don't wanna. Come on, <laughs> Do what it. is the silliest thing? Like that you were like, I, I thought this was true and isn't it? Look, I was a child, okay? Please don't come at me. So I was like, cause like, mom and dad were trying to have, um, my brother at that point right and i was like what seven eight have what have you and then i asked i asked mom like you know where do babies come from and then she was like oh you know they just fall they just somehow fall from the sky or something like that something adjacent to or they fall i'm like oh do they land in your stomach she's like yeah and i'm like oh how come dad's not praying for a baby (laughs) now So you thought your dad was waiting to get pregnant too? No, I'm like, no, uh, no, I was like, why is, no, okay, what I thought was, why is dad not putting in that same effort? Like, why are we praying so much for a baby whilst he's just sitting there watching the news? Little did I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, anyways, um, guys, don't have kids. They're a scam. They're expensive. Live your life. I don't want to talk to you. Have kids. Kids are absolutely beautiful and they're a blessing in your life. Shut up. Yes, Alien. (laughs) For me, um, you know, since there was not not even little to no um, context of what sex was from such a young age, my knowledge was limited to media, right? Oh, no. I'm scared. So, you know, in movies when they'd have sex scenes, it wasn't graphic, right? It was Mm -hmm. just them like you know cuddling and whatnot i thought the process of having a baby <laughs> was just kind of like thrashing about in the bed until like something <laughs> happens and like i don't know like you just kind of roll around <laughs> and i'm like oh and then when i learn i'm like what <laughs> like this is a process i thought you just like rolled around in bed and then it just happened like what is this? <laughs> Our education system, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super. Um, okay, mine is not as bad as that. <laughs> but I just thought babies get pooped out. Like, this comes straight from the ass. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's pretty bad. What's yours? Um, I used to think that you could get pregnant from kissing. And um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. Because I remember 
Oh, I had my first kiss quite late because I was like, I was, I was a nerd, low key. Mm-hmm. Um, Please don't tell me you had a pregnancy scare. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Not even a pregnancy <laughs> listen scare. To my, listen to my story. Listen to my story, right? Mm-hmm. There was this um, guy that I used to like, right? Mm. And once we were playing a game and he didn't even kiss me. He kissed me on the cheek. Somebody <gasps> dared him and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to kiss. And he kissed me on the cheek. And I remember I got home and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm gonna be pregnant at 14. That's it. I'm gonna have a baby, and I'm gonna have to drop out of school. And how do I tell my mom? And you know the funniest part about it was this was the I, I will never forget this. I walked in my room and I walked. I was like, I'm gonna tell my mom I'm pregnant. What makes it worse? I didn't know that. If you know how, like, when you when your period comes, you know you're not pregnant. I didn't know that was a sign. So I oh, just no. kind of was freaking out for weeks, oh. then out randomly, and like I'd look myself in the mirror and go, "Oh my!" <laughs> you just had a little not bit a too much, week, Bob. A little bit too much KFC that day. You're like, oh, "That's it. The guys, baby's I think coming." I'm pregnant today. The baby's coming, and I think I told one of my friends who was old, and she just laughed at me just like this. <laughs> and then she said, "Darling, he kissed you on the cheek." Aww. And she think you're pregnant. And she's like, "I'm like, that's it. I can't be a doctor anymore. I'm gonna have a baby." <laughs> So yeah, that's um. Ladies and gentlemen, we everyone, are all dummies. <laughs> Please do sex ed; it's good for you guys. Um, again, um, I'm the goddess, and this is part two to dating for dummies BIPOC edition. Um, there's we've unpacked a lot of things that we could talk about in further, so we'll definitely revisit this conversation again. Uh, we are on Spotify, <coughs> Apple Music, um, iHeartRadio. Um, Instagram and Facebook and our handle is the vault QLD. Please make sure you give us a follow, mm-hmm. um, comment. We still want to hear your stories. Absolutely. Um, also, I want to hear the silliest thing you thought about sex growing yeah. up because I know there has to be somebody worse than me who thought they were pregnant from a cheek kiss. Okay, we guys? all put ourselves on last. Please make us Don't, feel better by leaving let us, us some yeah. stories. Only people, yep. please and thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is us. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys next time and hearing all of your stories and laughing at y'all because I know y'all laughing at us. This will not be one way, damn it. You hear me? Yeah, we want to laugh at you guys. Yeah. Well. But like in the... Nice nice way. No, there will be no nice way. (laughs) I am honest. I don't care about none of this. (laughs) As nice as we can be. Well, everybody enjoy. Um, It is a beautiful Friday evening, probably when you're listening to this or your weekend. Enjoy. Be safe. If you are going through COVID situations, please look after yourself. Mm -hmm. Remember your affirmations. Um, Yeah. Again, this is The Vault. Enjoy. Yeah. Ciao, ciao. Bye, Bye, guys. Drink your water. Eat your fruits. Don't do drugs. It is The Vault time.